I'm Clyde Lewis. You're about to listen to a sample of today's Ground Zero show. I'm Clyde Lewis, and this is Ground Zero. The number is to call tonight, 503-225-0860. It's 503-225-0860. You didn't think we'd go the whole week without talking about Mars. Because the big news this week is, of course, the successful landing of the Perseverance rover on Mars. NASA claims, or they've said, and this is directly from their website, ladies and gentlemen, that the mission of Perseverance is to seek signs of ancient life and collect samples of rock and regolith that may yield proof that life may have existed or exists now on the planet Mars. It's landed in an area of Mars where the ancient environment may have been favorable for microbial life. It's called the Jezero Crater. The Jezero. It's spelled with a J, not a G, but it's the Jezero Crater. Uh, They'll be probing uh, or looking over Martian rocks for evidence of past life on Mars. And throughout its investigation, it's going to collect samples of soil and rock and uh, and cache them on the surface for potential returns uh, that will happen to Earth uh, on a future mission. It's going to be a while, though, to get these uh, back. But uh, Perseverance carries an entirely new subsystem to collect and prepare Martian rocks and soil samples. It includes a coring drill on its arm and a rack of sample tubes. Now, about 30 of these sample tubes will be deposited at select locations for return on a potential future sample retrieval mission. In laboratories on Earth, specimens from Mars could be analyzed for evidence of past life on Mars and possible health hazards for future missions. Now, if any detection of life is found, I'm curious as to how the people of Earth will react. I mean, we're already preparing for some form of disclosure on UFO activity in the planet. And, uh, of course, you know, whether or not a strange craft that may have been seen by observers or even the Navy or whomever indicate that there is life out there observing us with probes and machinery similar to the rovers and drones that we use to explore distant planets. In fact, the FBI today confirmed that there was a UFO upon that uh, United Airlines. It was flying above that United Airlines jet. And so they, they didn't give any details. They just said they confirmed it. It was on the news today. They confirmed it. But in the last 40 years, before the advent of digital photon counters on telescopes, there were two relatively cursory searches within both the Earth and Sun, Moon, all these Lagrange points on the moon and the earth and the sun and all these and, and Mars. They're using comparatively small aperture optical telescopes at Kitt Peak in Arizona. And of course, uh, there was another one in Lushner uh, Observatory in California. Both failed to detect any non-human artificial objects. But SETI researchers now are saying that they too are considering the possibility that dormant alien probes may be out there. Right? Like we were talking about with Avi Loeb. Avi Loeb was talking about these uh, that Oumuamua could have been a Bracewell probe. I am fascinated with Bracewell, uh, Bracewell probes. Just the idea that these interstellar rocks come close and that we can respond to them and they can be sending out signals, they can be watching us from a distance. But uh, it's important, though, that tonight we dedicate some time to the one only Dr. Sky. He's the president and CEO of Dr. Sky Incorporated, multimedia company with expertise in the realms of astronomy, space aviation, and weather. Dr. Sky is locally and nationally known broadcaster with his own branded shows, the Dr. Sky Show, on the uh, big KTAR News 92.3 FM. His colleague was Dr. Clyde Tumba, who was the, d- the discoverer of the planet Pluto. I wear my Remember Pluto shirts from 
from the time still remembering Pluto as a planet. Steve Cates, Dr. Sky, is with us tonight on Ground Zero, and we're so glad to have him with us. Hey, Steve, what's up? I'm doing great, Clyde. Good to be with you. Long time and just a happy moment here to talk about Mars and artifacts and who knows what, but I wanted to see if I can just start off the show by letting people know here in our Phoenix skies, I'm out here with the small telescope and staring right at, you got it, right at Mars. And Clyde, right now for the audience, 132 million miles away from the eye, obviously taking light almost 12 minutes to get there. So the listeners in the western United States, uh, Clyde, they have an opportunity if they go out now, less, less likely in the eastern or central parts of the country if they have clear skies. So if you're able to go out in your skies more in the western part of the nation, uh, listening audience, you're seeing this amazing object. It doesn't look like much. Even in the telescope, Clyde, it looks like a little gibbous tiny moon. No features visible, but I'm just astounded, aren't you, about that whole uh, whole touchdown. That was just uh, literally out of this world. That's amazing. You know, I remember the first time I saw Mars in a telescope, I was very surprised that it's not red. It has a yellowish-brown color to it. Am I right about that? Because yes. Otherwise, uh, I could absolutely. have been looking at a different planet, but... You know, it seems to, you know, Mars is that planet that, you know, it's called the red planet, but there are plenty of, uh, you know, things we've seen lately with Perseverance and also through telescopes where it has sort of a dusty desert look to it. And in fact, we were discussing the other night that reminds us of Tatooine from Star Wars. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. And, you know, talking when folks are concerned about the conditions or whatever we want to talk about, if they get into climate change and such. You know, we here in the Southwest, and many people have experienced these haboobs or dust storms, but obviously people uh, will know, or they obviously do know, that Mars gets global dust storms. And some of the instrumentation, of course, as we get to talk about perseverance, and some of the other nations also should chime in here. The United Arab Emirates, excuse me, their Hope spacecraft is primarily in orbit with a 55-hour orbit glide to primarily study Martian weather systems for what? For future habitation on the surface. And then we're looking at the arrival in orbit of the Chinese Tianwen-1, which is also another complicated spacecraft. that not only has an orbiter, it has a small descent module and a rover, too. So it's just incredible. Uh, I was just amazed. I mean, I can't get over saying it again. I'm repeating myself. Seeing that parachute open, it looked like it was somewhere over the southwest or somewhere over the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, I had a lot of people people telling me that. They said, oh, it looks like it's over the Atlantic. It looks like it's over... Somewhere Now, we know that the mission of Perseverance is to go and find new life, they say, or at least ancient life, or maybe drill below mm-hmm. the surface. But I can't help, but with what I've been reading lately, I can't help but think that Perseverance, along with the other uh, rovers and uh, exploration uh, modules you've been talking about, are not there to prep for colonization. What do you, what do you say about that? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, just, just to give everybody an example, the Curiosity rover just to let people know, is not just a, you know, obviously a space, or excuse me, a rover that's looking to find and dig into the soil. It's also in the Gale Crater, as many people know, but it's doing something as a weather station. And just to give everybody here, it's the current weather, as of a few days ago, from the Gale Crater, courtesy of Curiosity, so they're doing weather. The high temperature of the day was 14 degrees Fahrenheit, and the low, get a look at this, minus 101 degrees Fahrenheit, on these sols, obviously they call a sol, it's a Martian day, some uh, 24 hours and about 39 or 40 minutes, on sol 3039 or 3039. So there's more to this particular, these particular spacecraft, but it's interesting. I'm hoping that Perseverance has the capability, as, as they're describing, 
that if it does indeed find some sort of fossilized something that's of high interest, it can literally lay down some of these canisters for maybe a future mission to land and then do the almost unheard of, scoop it up and then blast off the surface of Mars and return it to Earth. That to me is just the stuff of sci-fi. Well, you well, yeah, but you're saying they're bringing the they're bringing the uh, I guess you said samples back. I thought they were going to be. Because they said they're testing also for dangers that may face us if we decide to colonize. And so I'm thinking if they're if they're taking these samples and they're going to bring them back to Earth, what are the chances of they being lethal to planet Earth? That they would bring with them, you know, space germs or something that would contaminate yeah. the planet? Very good point, especially during this COVID crisis where, you know, the next person you turn to, they may be paranoid that you're going to give it to them or what have you. But the interesting part about this, there's a number of interesting uh, instruments on board this particular spacecraft that I'm fascinated with. And one of them, Clyde, is the RIMFAX. It's an amazing piece of equipment. What it's basically trying to do is look at ground densities, look for buried rocks, meteorites, and detect underground water ice. And it has the capability of firing its radar down to a depth of some 33 feet, which is totally amazing for a spacecraft that is not solar-powered, as many in the past. I think we've learned our lesson that the habitation on Mars is with, with solar power can be something of a nightmare because what happens? Simply the dust obscures the solar cells. So this one is powered by something even more incredible, the plutonium dioxide. I've read somewhere that's about 11 pounds, which can provide heat in this specialized generator that can maybe power this particular spacecraft if it doesn't get stuck in the dirt for maybe uh, somewhere up to 14 years. So they'll be searching for plenty of things there. And uh, I'm excited about this. Boy, this is like uh, this is like a dream come true. I never would have imagined in my lifetime I'd ever be talking about this with you and, and others about this opportunity to uh, maybe explore life in a much more high sci-fi way. That, I mean, a more scientific way than just sci-fi. Well, you know, and I uh, one of the things that really fascinated me when I first was uh, discuss, you know looking at Perseverance, what was going on, was the sounds that were coming off of Mars. Not that it would be yeah. impressive on AM radio to be or FM radio to be playing the sounds because it's mostly the sound of the rover, the kind of the, the whine and the whir of the engines of the rover. Sure. But what was interesting was how the microphone that was placed in the rover somehow picked up, you know how microphones, when they pick up a lot of wind, tend to make a little yeah. bit of a, a rumble crack sound to it. Mm -hmm. And that's what really gave me chills is when I heard that wind blowing over the microphone there in uh, on Mars, I was thinking to myself, well, there you go. There's a Martian wind. And then you were talking about the planet-wide storms they have, those sandstorms that are huge, that engulf, uh, you know, that are huge, uh, that, that go from pole to pole. Sometimes they go from side to side. Uh, you know, that would be the thing that I would find most interesting is about the weather on Mars. Not that I, yes. uh, I wouldn't be excited if I didn't hear there was any kind of microbial life or some sort of life form on the planet. But I think, you know, you brought up a very interesting thing when you brought up the weather on Mars. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit more on the program. Steve Cates, Dr. Sky with us tonight on Ground Zero. The big news is Perseverance is on Mars, and we're learning a lot about the planet in just a few days. A very, very interesting and intricate piece of machinery we have for traveling on Mars. And we'll be talking about that tonight on Ground Zero, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. Back with more. Dr. Sky, don't go away. I'm Clegg Lewis, and you've just listened to a segment of Ground Zero. In order to access the complete archive shows and podcasts, you must sign up on our secured server at Aftermath.media. It's only $4.99 a month for the archive shows and podcasts. Or if you want access to the Ground Zero online library, which includes videos, audio clips, ebooks, documents, a social media platform, plus the archive shows and podcasts, 
It's $9.99 a month. Again, that's aftermath.media. That's aftermath.media. Thanks for supporting Ground Zero.